All right, all right, guys. Welcome once again to the Marketing Games Podcast. And guys, super excited to have another guest. This is actually the first interview that we have uh, for, for this year with, I mean, with anybody that is not me or Jasper. So, well, just a problem here with the camera never happened and today has to happen, right? Uh, okay, so and for today's episode, guys, just without further ado, we have the one and only Daniel Casani. He's actually the co-CEO, right? I don't. I think that that's the best way to, to place it, the co-CEO. Yeah of uh, soft up technologies and they're doing an amazing job honestly um this is a company that has been growing a lot lately in the german market you guys work only with german companies by the way i know that you're yeah, based- uh, uh, yeah. europe but also we have some u.s customers as well okay awesome so yeah they're based in germany but they work with clients pretty much uh well in europe and oh, the us yeah they do have a really incredible solution of building platforms and marketplace right right before for SaaS startups, et cetera. And they focus a lot of inbound um, marketing, let's say type of work, um, getting clients in an inbound fashion pretty much. So it's something that we really benefit a lot from each other. And this is a good conversation for you guys, mostly because as you listeners know, we're more about the outbound game and actually reaching out to people called prospecting. And Daniel has a little bit of a background in actual inbound in making people uh, get nurtured with your videos, with your content, et cetera. So, yeah, just a brief introduction. I know that Daniel, you are going to talk way better about what you guys do than I do. So yeah, man, just give you the word. I want to give you the word and let me know what you guys uh, do more in depth and explain to the audience who you are, et cetera. Yeah, thank you. That was a that was a good intro. Um, we're we're a software agency basically. Yeah. Uh, we're based, uh, as you mentioned, in, in Munich, Germany, and we serve like a global uh, audience. Uh, we deal primarily with. Uh, let's say young to mature startups, or I would say like series A type of startups who are trying to build marketplaces um, or platforms or any sort of uh, visualizations, um, basically where they input some data and we need to visualize this data in, in a beautiful way that gives their users, their customers uh, insights and value. Um, and what's interesting, uh, you know, what what we've been noticing, like everyone else, really in, in the tech space now, is obviously the um, the, the layoffs that does, that have been having, uh, the the VCs kind of being more and more cautious, the, the funding being pretty much dried up, and a lot of founders, even you know, our customers have uh, have also been having, frankly, a harder time. Uh, but overall, the industry is just kind of hit right now obviously inflation and everything that's going on in the world but i also think it was kind of a market thing you know it was some sort of market correction where uh, it just the valuations was getting bigger and bigger with no kind of profits in 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 horizon and now we're seeing the the reverse now everybody's being way too cautious if if, yeah. if i may say awesome no no for sure man um actually one of the biggest things that i wanted to talk with you specifically about is uh, in general, that this idea of having a profitable business, right? Because a lot of people just get messed up by the numbers and yeah. they always talk about, hey, I, this certain company got funded for um, $250 million, right? Something like that. Yeah. And ultimately what ends up happening is that, and, and I don't know, I don't have the exact number and so don't call me on this one, but mm-hmm. most of the companies that actually get funded end up actually not working out in the long term, right? So um, yeah. a lot of times, we want to make sure that, I mean, and I don't know your specific position on this, brother, but uh, first of all, I know that we agree in the, in the sense that we need to have a cash flow positive business that actually is growing. And we're talking about growing year by year, right? But also 
and not getting messed up by the numbers because I personally think that most businesses, they, they should have some sort of MVP or some sort of actual idea before they even start to think about getting funded or whatever it might be. Because at scale, I mean, I always like to say, talk about this with my clients, but um, when you start running ads, when you have a lot of, of actual capital to invest in your business, you're just doing at scale what you were doing um, before just with uh, your local area or whatever sort of outbound uh, process you're using to get customers at the beginning organically. So yeah. uh, what works at, what works in the, in the small uh, sense of the world also, work, also works at scale, but not vice versa. And if you're just starting immediately with a whole bunch of money, marketing, uh, lots of PPC, whatever it might be, typically things don't, I mean, just that based on the numbers, things don't work that well, right? But want to hear your thoughts on that. And also if you have any experience or how do you guys typically go around this? Because I know that you know a lot about SaaS, about SaaS and tech startups. So uh, yeah, man, want to hear your thoughts on that. It's all, about, it's all about balance in the end, right? So yeah. I think, of course, uh, when you're starting a company from zero, of course you need, in most cases, some money to, to bring it up to speed. And the bigger your vision, the bigger the technology you're trying to build, the more money you'll need. And, and you know, there is some sort of like, uh, there's this concept of you need to be in debt at, in some form of debt anytime, right? We're bootstrapped, for example, we have yeah. some operational debt. Yeah, we don't have financial yeah. debt, but we have, oper like we wish our operations were better. So now our operations are like, are not to, to the par because we're focused on being financially sustainable, right? So yeah. you need some form of debt. You can have culture debt, you can have all of this. So you have financial debt. So a lot of companies are like, hey, we'll have financial debt because money is, you know, relatively easy to raise, you can raise money, uh, but, and that's fine. Uh, but the thing is when you do it, you know, when you take it to an extreme where, where investors tell you, oh, if you turn a profit, then that's a bad thing because you're not growing fast enough. You know, yeah. I, I think that's where, where this type of mentality started in 2020 <laughs> or 2021. And then obviously it escalated with everything that's going on. And then now it's a huge correction, a huge correction to the opposite direction where everybody's a bit, timid about uh, giving away money unless you have like a very solid business model or very solid technology or or like you know in in a very like in an industry that's hot right now like ai yeah. or something um and you were, we went from from one stream to the next and i do think like the companies that actually work with us i don't know if it's by accident or by design but really they are very frugal in the way that they actually spend their investors money um, partially because we are based in Europe, so we're, we're relatively cheaper than, let's say, other places. So they're already looking for, you know, how to save budget and how to extend their burn rate and, and so on and so forth. Uh, yeah. So they, 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 they work with us. And then, um, you know, they, they do achieve accomplish like, like maybe not their unit economics. We don't have so much visibility, but in terms of milestones, software milestones, they actually get much, much far. And, and they have customers and then they have paying customers re recurring revenue from these customers they have these customer interviews um and and it leads them into a place where they have some form of a solid business and financial model that they, they can go uh, and and raise money and so far luckily all of them have have been able to raise their, their next rounds um because again these some of these uh, entrepreneurs are actually uh, serial entrepreneurs so they have experience in doing this and they they haven't overplayed their hand to, to a certain yeah. extent and on, on, on the other hand, you know, as a new founder, I'll, I'll let you go to the next question. But as a new founder, you know, you also want to kind of 
be mindful of that. You don't have to be bootstrapped, right? Maybe maybe we are bootstrapped. Maybe we, we can talk about how great yeah. that is. We have 100% control of our company and we don't ask anyone else. But obviously that does come to a cost. Maybe we could have grown faster. Maybe we could have been operationally more excellent. Maybe we could have greater talent at a bigger scale, right? Yep. Um, so there is a cost to that. But um, obviously just going to an extreme, from one extreme to the other is what I think causes the whole um like the whole break the whole uh, confusion that now we're in right now i think that it also depends a lot on um what the actual business the, the actual nature of the business is right for example it's a completely different a tech company like a tech startup yeah. to a marketing agency or to a sales agency right yeah that would be number one and also like the actual goals of the founders right because i mean I, I can tell you my example. Of course, we were also we, we are also bootstrapped. Like we have actually we have never done anything with somebody from the outside outside of our actual client. So it's actually uh, I mean we're really 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 bootstrapped. Like there's nothing no external factor in our side. But funny enough, like we work with a lot of bootstrap uh, sorry uh, funded companies, right? Because we work with tech companies, etc. And actually, I wanted to really ask you because I know that you might get um, I mean you might see the inside operations of tech companies way more than I do because I actually handle yeah. a little bit more of the external factor of how you do out I mean for for, for account clients right like the outreach yeah. process the actual sales team management you know like how they get to see their clients right you maybe are managing a little bit more the internal factor of how they use yeah. their budget how they um maybe how they manage operations whatever it might be right so something that I always like to ask people that are in this industry to to put it into words is like how do you feel that somebody at that company should invest the money that they got from funding i mean like the first investments if you can think about a roadmap right. what do you think that um would be like the ideal scenario for a tech company typically or a well, i mean also? yeah well i mean product right um you you need to build either an mvp or something you know whatever you thought about building you need to build a portion of it obviously you're not going to be able 100% of it, but at least have some proof of concept that, you know, what you had in your mind now, it's, uh, it's software and it's being used. We're talking exclusively about SaaS industry. We're not talking about hardware or, yeah, or yeah. medical or, or and stuff. So, so you, build, you build the MVP. And then as soon as you build that, um, obviously keep a budget for continued developing um, product features. But as soon as you build a, a core functionality, you then go try to sell it right away. Um, to try to really figure out whether the software that you're building, the product, the problem that you think your users had, you know, whether they're willing to pay for it or not, and whether you're willing to pay the price that you thought they would pay for it. Um, yep. So really, just iterating and and um, testing the markets as soon as possible with that. Um, this this is the best way to do it, really. Like spend you know whatever minimum amount of money because when people talk about minimum viable product is it's really the minimum amount of money you're willing to lose in, in this experiment, right? Yeah. But you, you spend that and then just go and sell the hell out of it and then, and then see what, what the reaction will be. And then, it, it, you know, you'll get some feedback. Even if it's like nobody buys it, you'll still get some feedback. And then yeah. based on that feedback, you can, you can tweak it, you can build further, build further, build further. Yeah. This is what, what our, some of our most successful clients, this is what I've done really well, is really just build minimum amount of budget and then sell the heck out of it and then based on how you're selling continue building right they haven't you know spent like two years just building and then 
realize that nobody is willing to buy. Really, three months, two months, six months at most, and then you really and you're already talking, you're already selling. Even if it's like two month development, just the UI, you're already talking to customers. You're already, you know, measuring their pulse, as as they say. Yeah, uh, you know. So one thing that I wanted to to discuss with you, brother, is that um, and this might be a little bit um of a different topic, maybe, but. You know, because I know that you actually handle a lot of the marketing part of the equation, right? For for the yeah. companies, marketing and sales, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, for the marketing and sales, yeah. But what exactly is it that you guys focus on primarily? Like, for example, in marketing, it might be like PPC, it might be SEO, it might be, I don't know, it would be it could be like commercial televisions, but you know, ads, whatever it might, it yeah. might be. Um, yeah. What is what is it that you guys do exactly, and how do you actually measure the profitability? Of that marketing effort, of those marketing efforts, because oh, I, because that's that's, good, <laughs> that's hard one, right? Oh, because man. because I mean, for example, well, in marketing, it's like there is you have like the direct response marketing part of the equation. So it's like you run ads, you spend ten thousand dollars, you got fifteen thousand dollars, meaning yeah. you made a profit of five k, five thousand, yeah. right? But there are other parts of the equation that has have more to do with the branding aspect, the PR factor. Um, yeah. you know, like the simple brand awareness that, of course, measurable. Yeah. Role, but you don't have, I mean, you cannot measure that shit, man. Like it literally takes one year for you to see the results of the work that you did one year prior, right? And of course, if you want yeah. to have cash flow positive, it's really, really hard. That's actually why I decided to go the route of specifically sales. And if it was some sort of marketing, it has to be like direct response, meaning that you can see how much you spend and how much. Yeah. You, but I want to hear your thoughts on that one, because honestly, I think that that's like the... The, so that's a very good point. That's a very good point you you bring. Um, oh God. Uh, so first of all, you know what we do. What do we do, right? So how we grew, how we came to be from zero to hero, basically where we are today. Um, most of it, and I, I can't like I can't just make this up. Most of it was just word of mouth. Yeah. Most yeah. of it was we just did a good job in an existing project. Uh, the project grew, we grew with it, or that project referred us to another uh, client, and then that client was also impressed. He referred it to another client, right? I think if the product, and this is this is our product, right? Our product is the ability of other people to refer us more business. Like if we're not doing such a good job there, then no matter what money we're spending on on sales and marketing, it's it's going to get burned because we're we're not yeah. growing exponentially. Um, so based on that. Then we had a couple of options, right? We had the cold emails, which I think in, in my industry specifically has like a terrible reputation um, and a terrible return investment. We tried it like four years ago. It was terrible. And now I know our, like I, I get emails from software agencies, you know, oh, are you looking for a developer? It's like five of them per day, you know? And it's like, if I'm getting them, I'm sure a lot of people are getting them. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm definitely not a right audience. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I, like we're in the same boat with them, but I'm getting their emails. I, the, the targeting there is awful. The messaging, of course it can work. Of course, like 0.5%, you can get like positive reply rates. But the 99.5%, you know, maybe they don't like you so much anymore, you know? So it, it's, it's a balance you need to do with, that's cold uh, email. Cold calling, I actually never personally did. I'm just not built for that somehow. Um, I'm just, uh, so I, I never tried it. Um, so I cannot say. Uh, and then if we go, so th these are the outbound, right? Uh, uh, the other thing we did actually DMs. So DMs on like LinkedIn or something like that. This, this had some, some success in our early days, but again, it got so crowded so fast that we just got like zero 
uh, after a certain point. Um, and then what we did is, um, so word of mouth, of course, that, 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 that just keeps going in and we, we were active with our customers and um, try to ask them if they're happy and that they can refer people to us. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one is inbound. Uh, inbound started uh, because um, we're like, okay, instead, I, I reverse engineer the problem. I'm like, okay, what works? What works is people who are happy and trust us referring business to us, right? So how do I create trust at scale? Kind of, yeah, if, if you can think about it that way. Okay, so you make content. Okay, we make content that is relevant for your target audience, right? Uh, and the more you can educate them, even if they don't work with you, the, the, the more they can just get value and make the right decisions, Let's say you have like a thousand startups, yeah, and they may and they they choose our competitor. Like nine hundred of them choose our competitor, right? But then if like three of, of them decide just to work with us, uh, it's great. It's really it's it's really all it takes, you know, uh, because we, we have very high ticket um, kind of customers and they're yeah. reoccurring, so they're really you know I, I exaggerate, but really three customers is good, you know. And then, yeah, yeah, and of course, of course. Like the, I mean, depending scaling. on the model, one sale per month is more than enough to live for right for one right. year, right? So. Right, right, exactly. Um, and 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 the, and this is where the the ROI gets very tricky, right? Because uh, last year we did like I post like I use LinkedIn, so I go all in on LinkedIn. Uh, maybe I should diversify. All the experts say you should diversify. I'm, 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 I'm doing the opposite. I'm going all in. Also this year, 2023, going all in there. And, and I actually am with you. I'm, I'm the same boat with you, just so you know, man. Like I'm, I'm actually all about cold email. And yeah. I swear by God, like cold email is a godsend. Like yeah. literally, right. but, but yeah, that's besides the point. And I actually yeah. want to hear, I also want to tell you something about what you just said in a, in a moment, but please finish, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going to discuss it because I'm also curious to see what has worked for you on cold emails exactly. and maybe what we did wrong, right? Yeah. Um, but with 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 content is I posted like twice twice a week, roughly. Um, got about like uh, there's this tool called Shield app uh, specific for LinkedIn yeah. that tracks your analytics. Got about like 350k, no, sorry, 650k views, like just eyeballs, right? Um, in a year. Which is like, I don't know, is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. I'm not an influencer. So yeah. for me, it was good enough. I mean, it's like if 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 0.1% of those are relevant customers that will buy from us, that's good. That's pretty that's good. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Actually, one thing that I notice a lot a lot about LinkedIn, I'm really new in LinkedIn. Like honestly, I started to use LinkedIn, not kidding, dude, like three months ago. Something like that. I'm super, I mean, I'm super new. But listen, I am I have like 550 followers and yeah. that, I mean, of course that's nothing. And if you have more than me, it's not like I'm trying yeah. to play something right yeah, yeah, for yeah. the listeners. I mean, right. Yeah. Um, but what I wanted to say is that in LinkedIn, there is such a huge gap of people that actually have an account to the people yeah. that just create content that the platform itself has no other remedy rather than other than actually promoting that little bit, the few people that do post content. That's what's happening. That's exactly. happening right now. And, and that's super interesting because I mean, like in different from other other platforms like Facebook, Instagram. Um, Completely. I mean, pretty much Facebook and Instagram, all of the meta factor, uh, sorry, yeah. meta, all of the meta industry. Uh, do like in LinkedIn, nobody posts content because most of the people there are professionals and people think, hey, if I post a video of me, it's like, I feel like a kid of yeah. teenagers. But honestly, because of yeah. that reason is that the people that actually post content do see a lot of, of, of I mean, there are a lot of impressions for the content. Yeah, for That's a lot of impressions. The same happens on Twitter. I, I love same Twitter. Twitter. On Twitter, yeah. dude, like, 
Um, that, that would be my second channel if I if I do it. Uh, exactly. A lot of people do the opposite from Twitter to LinkedIn. Exactly. Uh, but but actually, what's important is you need to learn the craft. Exactly. Right? No, Once no, you learn sure. the craft, you yeah. can repeat it to different channels, right? Yeah. And right now, I'm I, I arguably I'm still learning the craft, right? I, I give myself until end of 2023 because I've been doing this for almost two years now. Yeah. And there's people who started six months ago and they have like 10,000 followers, you know, zero yeah. to 10,000 followers, six months, yeah. crazy, right? Yeah. Um, and you're right. Uh, LinkedIn is this type of platform. The only like you would post once per month how you either like whatever close a deal or uh, how is your work anniversary or how you joined another company. Like you'd post like three times per year. There's no other reason to post something, right? And now it's become more social. Now it's become like a social media platform. You know, yeah. it's, not a, it's not just professionals, but professionals are also people, right? So it's becoming <laughs> yeah. more, more, more. I'm glowing. I know, but it is true, man. Yeah. <laughs> sure. No. Uh, yeah. you, so, sorry, over there, man. Um, something that I have been doing, honestly, and this has been, this is a huge tip for some of the people that are listening, because I also want to, I know that we're talking about this more techy thing and a little bit more granular in that, the discussion, but for yeah. the people listening, um, that, I mean, a lot of you guys are content creators, you are agency owners that just want to get yourself out there. Maybe you are high ticket coaches, a lot of people that we have in the, in the audience is high ticket coaches. Um, one of the, I mean, for me at least, the best way to create content and the best way to actually try to trying to be omnipresent while also building um, a brand for myself and for the company is actually focusing on YouTube and then you you simply redistribute that piece of content to all of your platforms. Honestly, what I do is that I focus my uh, all of my content creation efforts are one per one. I mean, I, I literally take one afternoon every week. I record two videos. I post them the next week. And every time, every time I, that I post them, all I do is just add the thumbnail of that video on Instagram and Facebook, my Facebook group. My Facebook group is almost 1,500 people already on Twitter, on LinkedIn. And I just say, hey, if you want to watch the video, click the link in the comments. So it actually gets pushed. People go to YouTube. They start in the rabbit hole. And then, they, uh, of course, end up booking calls. They join my Facebook group. So I just, I just think focus is also, I mean, I know this is a topic by itself, but focus yeah. on creating content and when you're trying to build your brand presence is a huge part of the equation and i mean i don't i don't know for you brother but for me at least i was trying to create native content on instagram on twitter or linkedin no no you're, you're like you're, it's, it's impossible man like yeah. it, you end you're up not even working man so yeah no 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 yeah exactly you end up no more and even even the best players you know, the best content creators that's what they do they and i've seen it you know i follow the same people on on uh linkedin and twitter they it's just copy paste it's just literally yeah. just copy paste uh, and it's fine i mean if, if the content is good and people find value it doesn't matter where they are if they're on linkedin they'll find value on LinkedIn. If twitter they're on twitter right it doesn't matter um but back to your point uh, calculating the, the the roi of these marketing efforts right it's it's complicated uh, the I, i'll tell you this um the only times that we've accurately calculated the cost of acquisition, it just had, like, it, it was just too expensive. You know what I mean? Like, because the more certainty you have, like, let's say you pay LinkedIn, like we did LinkedIn ads, right? And yeah. we, we, we ended up at something like maybe, maybe 100 euros per lead or something like that, right? Per campaign. Uh, and then, and that, which was great. And then we did another campaign, but we just couldn't replicate it. So we got like zero leads on the second campaign. You know, the first campaign we got like, sorry, we got zero customers. First campaign, we got like 33 leads and then maybe two customers. Second campaign, we got like 25 leads, but then zero, zero like converted. 
So, yeah. uh, you know, and then it's like you wasted that money. So then you, you try to, and we did the exact same thing, but the algorithm changed or something about the timing wasn't right. But we spent like thousands of dollars uh, on, on these campaigns. So it was very kind of unpredictable. And I, I needed what I was trying to build. I was like, I know it's going to take some time, but I'm trying to, what I'm trying to build is some sort of repetitive process. You know, I want to be able to put in a certain amount of dollars, a certain amount of time and try to get roughly a similar outcome. The, the best way to do that is to build a lar larger and larger audience. The larger the audience, the, the, actually, the, 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 the cost is high in the beginning, but then the more time goes by and the more successful exactly. you get, the lower the cost. Whereas That's with perfect. ads, sorry, last one, whereas with ads is very transactional. Like you put in $100, you get one lead, $100, one lead, $100, one lead, right? Yeah. But then sometimes you get all of these leads, but then none of them convert. So it's, yeah. it's really difficult. Yeah. I hear you, man. Like, I'm, I'm with you on that one. And I actually, just out of curiosity, what you're describing of the first campaign and the second campaign is that's for your offer, right? Yeah, for, my, for our offer. Right? For your offer, okay. I mean, dude, like, you want me? I mean, of course, like, this is not what I do. Like, this is not a service that I provide. But back then, when I used to have a, a strictly, a strict coaching, high-ticket coaching business for, for B2B uh, companies, dude, like, the best thing that worked for me is actually running ads to a Facebook group. I don't know if you've ever tried to do it. And the reason why, let me explain. The reason why is that, of course, like, I, I, I don't know, like, if you are the one that handles the actual ad, uh, ad sets or the campaigns, but it's pretty much, you run an ad to a landing page, you ask people for uh, for their email, that you give them a lead magnet or whatever it might be. And then on the thank you page of that landing page, you maybe you do record a video of yourself and you just, for, for, of course, this depends on the audience, et cetera. For me, for example, if I was targeting let's say marketing agencies, I would give them a how to hire uh, media buyers for your marketing agency ad, send them to a landing page, I would collect their email, you know, thank you page. I say, by the way, I created an entire mini course on how you can find the, mess, the best ad, uh, media buyers uh, on LinkedIn. If you want to yeah. get access to that video, you can go ahead and access that this free yeah. Facebook. You ask them to join. And why is that powerful? Because now that they are in your Facebook group, do like these people stay with you and you have like, you can post content inside of the group. So maybe they don't Smart. buy now. Some of them might, of course, but maybe they don't buy now, but they might buy one year from now, two years from now. And yeah, you just keep posting your content that you already are creating anyways. Yeah. And that way you don't lose the lead. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that you guys are losing your leads or anything. I'm just saying that yeah. a lot of people actually just get the, run the ads, they get the lead, they close or not, and boom, they die. It's like, yeah, it was a no-close and they stay, stay in the no-close phase. When in reality, these people, even if you don't close them, they can still be part of your community. They can create content. You can help them solve their problems by commenting on the posts that they make inside of your community. And it's just like a winning angle where you start promoting. And promoting. Yeah, but still, you see, you're still building a community. You still oh, build course, the course, community course. first. Of course. So of course. it's the same concept. I'm just building community on LinkedIn. So it's like I have about 4,000 followers right now. Yeah. Um, and like I grew by like 1K last year. I had maybe 1.5K. Uh, and, and it's like, you know, it's, it's the followers, right? Like it's a community. Yeah. So of course, it's much easier for me to sell to my community at some point if I want to sell them, you know, once in a while, not, not yeah. every week, but you know, whenever, whenever I need, I have a product. Yeah, yeah just a, a simple yeah, action. Because more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure, sure. No, no, sure. I'm, I'm just saying because it's ultimately, they belong to something that is not just following you on, on LinkedIn. And I mean, for me, that, that used to work really well. Yeah. Sure. Because yeah, I mean, people I'll, can follow you and follow you like it's nothing. But once you join the community and you are knowing that even if they don't like you as a person, they get value from being there because of the content you share, because of the free assets, because of everything. It's just like an extra layer of actual, actual, actual trust. 
Yeah. That first well, helps you with sales, right? And actually, that leads me. I wanted to talk. I know that this is going to be one of the longest ones, uh, honestly, because I honest, I, I always enjoy the the interviews, but I'm really enjoying this one because this is something that I myself am really passionate about. But sure. um, you were talking about cold email not working, so I need to 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 stand up, man. No, I'm kidding. Like, uh, no, 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 please I'm not, do I'm joking, I'm joking. because yeah. I I am a strong like everyone who has like kind of has a strong brand in the software agency actually actively avoids uh, cold emails. And if you can prove them wrong with your technique, maybe, maybe we'll, you'll change our mind, but yeah. I'll tell you the fundamental problem, right? Uh, like other software agencies yeah. to the, to the rhythm of five per day, reach out to me and ask me, Oh, we build platforms. We have software developers, right? So they're reaching out to me and I'm arguably their competitor. Um, they're probably not doing a good job. And uh, by the way, it's like, it's never interesting. It's always cut from the same cloth, you know? And we're talking per month, maybe hundreds of, of these emails. And actually at this point, they all end up in my spam. So I'll actually, I'll have to go to my spam and show you. Um, yeah. So either, either they probably just use the wrong copy or something. But I think every attempt that I've seen, I've, I've never seen a successful one. Maybe we, when we did it back in the day, we kind of tried to be very specific and so on. But you either end up spending a lot of time to customize and target one particular customer to make it very specific. And then, you know, you, but you cannot do that at like hundreds of emails or thousands, right? You can do it with 10, 15, 50, yeah. 100 at a time. Yeah. I mean, I mean what, what we do for our clients, and honestly, uh, I, this is another golden nugget for, for the listeners is that I don't know for what reason people believe that the value ladder only exists for inbound marketing or inbound leads. What I mean by that is that, of course, like if you get the, the, the way you get leads and people to go from cold to sold is by giving them value first. Then they, of yeah. course, know who you are. Now that they know who you are, it's easier to start a conversation. Now that you yeah. start a conversation, it's easier to book a call. And now that you book a call, maybe you do a two-call two close. So meaning that in the first one, you don't even pitch anything. So you see, like, there is a, a ladder that leads and, I mean, people go through in order to go from call to sold. What yeah. we do for cold email campaigns, aka for outbound, and, and honestly, of course, we do cold email because that's our primary method. But right now that we're also adding um, cold DM prospecting, we're also applying the same principles. And it is that people fundamentally misunderstand the value ladder on outbound. Because they literally start conversations just like, uh, for example, hi, Daniel, I don't know who the fuck you are, but I have four software developers in bench. Can I place them in your business? It's like, yeah, I, I don't even know who the fuck you are. Why am I even going to reply to you, right? That's right. like that's the problem. If people were to lead, to give lead magnets or lead, or we call them in, in our company, in, uh, lead hooks, but if you give value first at scale with Alban, you now are going to start people having people that show interest. And now that they show interest at scale, you can add them to your CRM, then propose something, give them the asset, of course, like give them what you actually promised. So, um, um, but, that's it, but that's already inbound. You're, you're just, I mean, you just described inbound. No, no. sure, but, that, but, but the thing is, you, could, you can use cold email at scale, send 200 emails per day, that's literally, for, I mean, just an example, of course, don't call me on this one and don't use this, this thing that I'm about to say, because it's probably not going to work. I'm just going yeah. to give an example, right? Um, what I'm saying is, what we do, um, or what we have tested for clients, we, we might say, for example, when one of our co customers is currently doing IT staff augmentation, right? So we are reaching out, we were reaching out to gaming companies, and we literally reached out to these people and, and simply said, like, 
um, let's say that the, the com gaming company was SoftUp. Of course, it's not a gaming company, no, but just sure, sure. Um, Hi, Daniel. Notice that you are the founder of SoftUp. SoftUp, really loving the games that you guys have been working on. Uh, by yeah. the way, I put a guide that I used for a previous gaming company on how you can uh, get the best talent to work on your product. Do you mind if I drop it here for you? That's it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that you're going to get a hundred percent reply rate, but if you send a hundred cold emails and 40 of them, because realistically speaking, 40 of them might say like, yeah, I, I would be interested in, in having a guide on how to get the best talent to grow my company. You send that guide to them. Now you have a reply. Yeah. Meaning that you have their email, right? Yeah, you, you have their email. You have okay, but this is okay, but this is like you, you're you're breaking the system. This is not cold anymore, you know. Because the connotation of cold email, the cold email is basically when you try to sell in, in in directly in the first transaction. What you're doing is very good, right? You're you're actually, I think you're using email for inbound purposes. So that, that email is just to get them into your CRM, right? Yeah. I mean, and you're nurturing I, exactly. Them. It's 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 called prospecting, and I say called email right. because they're reaching yeah. out to somebody that doesn't know you. But yeah, of course, like the moment that they reply, they yeah. stop being. Yeah. I mean, you stop being become. You are not anymore a an a stranger. You are already at right. least who you are. Right. And then, of course, what happens is that let's say that you, the the founder of the gaming company, you might be like, um, hi Enrique, yeah, for sure, man. I would love to have that. Uh, thanks. Happy New Year, yeah. whatever it might be. I send yeah. you the actual document that I promised. Of course, we want to actually give the thing. And yeah. then we might say like, by the way, we do stuff augmentation for gaming companies. Don't want to really pitch you anything right now, but I think that it will be, a, I mean, I don't know if you have 10, 15 minutes sometime later this week to see if mm -hmm. we can come up with a win-win situation. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Dude, and what I, happens, can, I can believe that that works. Yeah, for dude, sure. Like, that's what we do for our clients. So what happens is that we, for our clients, we send typically 100 emails per day per client. So we yeah. might get, 40 replies. Out of those 40 replies, of course, the 40 of them get to the CRM, aka we still, we still and I want to talk about the follow-ups in a second, just that so you can see how we do it. But what we do is that now that we got the replies, we might now call them, like the SDRs actually call the person and we might say, hey, uh, I sent you the asset, but I hear, didn't hear back from you. Do you have time to talk, etc. right? So, I mean, from those 40 replies, we might get realistically 10, 15 people interested and we book calls, 15 calls for that next week, for example. Yeah. That's an example. And then here is the magic. Now that we have replies, we can now go 100% in personalization to the people that did reply, aka the ones that showed interest. And the way we reply or we the way we follow up is by leveraging the content that we already are working on in that community, in the, in the I mean, by in the brand awareness type of inbound marketing, like, yeah. for example, these podcast interviews, etc. And we leverage that for the sales and acquisition outbound process. So it could be like yeah. the second follow-up, it could be like, Hey, Daniel, um, I noticed that you didn't reply the other day. Uh, let me know if you are still free sometime this Friday at 10 a.m. EST. By the yeah. way, I just wanted to leave this interview I made with, with Daniel about how to raise money for startups, for example, right? And of course, it's like, wow, this guy actually exists. I actually know that this is a living human being that exists somewhere in the, in the world. Instead of just a cold email from a random thing that sends you to a 404 uh, for yeah. forever page or something, right? So yeah. I mean, that's that's the process. Yeah. That's how we do it. No, I can tell. Okay. Of course. I can tell your your cold emails works because this is how our conversation started. Started as a cold email, right? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Exactly. Sure, sure. Man. No, it's great. Yeah, I, I can see how this works actually. Uh, if you put it that way, of course, um, and you have like a sequence and so on. But if you think about it, what uh, content people do is the same thing, right? They just yeah. give value first. Isn't that their value is not necessarily targeted? 
exactly. to exactly. CEOs, you know, in North America, you know, who are like uh, between 50 to 100 people, but it's more broad, it's, it's broader. But of course they, they gain in numbers, then they have like 10,000 people, 100,000, you know, half a million followers, right? Yeah. And then once they post whatever, you know, a course or whatever the product is that they're selling, of course, you know, the, the audiences will, will bite to that. Yeah, exactly. Sure, man. Um, and that also makes content creation way more, um, let's say, way more direct response, meaning that you are not going to create only the content that you want to create, like how to, how to create a car, right? Sure. It can also be about the actual objections that your prospects share with you on the calls. You can create content about that so that you can actually send that content specifically to the lead. So for yeah. example, you get a lot of objections of, I don't know, let's say, dude, like I don't have, uh, I don't have developers. I think that I should be the one that develops the, the, the product. You can make a video about, hey, this is why you should have developers instead of being you yourself and one that does everything and send that to that, those prospects, even in the follow-up emails. So you're just yeah. having like a money-making machine, right? So I do actually, you're actually, you're giving me ideas now because that's what I do. I, I, in the video series that I do, I actually primarily just handle worst case scenarios or objections, right? I handle what happens when things kind of go wrong. Uh, yeah. And, but the thing is, I, again, do it to my audience. So I don't, I don't have an email. I guess the only thing that's missing is to create my personal new newsletter and try to capture emails and then send it directly to their inbox that this, this could be a way to leverage that. But, sure. yeah. I mean, I think that everybody should capture emails mostly because that way you have traffic that you own, right? Like traffic yeah. that you actually yeah, anyway. own. Yeah. Good. But but I'm but yeah, I, I will use we don't really use that. I mean, we don't use no newsletters for, for this purpose. We newsletters is just like every time I post, I just let everybody know. I use yeah. this strategy specific for cold email. For like, sale, yeah, for for, 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 for booking calls and closing deals, right? But but yeah. But okay, but then then my, my other thing is as you said, right? So a customer will like, can, can I make a, 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 a quick parenthesis? Like I forgot to tell the audience that this guy is, is his birthday. I, did, I forgot to yeah, say sorry. that. I forgot to yeah. say that at the beginning of the of the of the video. But yeah. uh, everybody, let's go and congratulate the, the one and only Daniel. Yeah, I'm older <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, forgot to say that at the beginning. How could how could I, man? But yeah. yeah. Okay, please continue. Uh, Just yeah, but uh, now nah, great. Now I forgot what I was gonna say. Uh, <laughs> what were you saying again before? Uh, just try to get yeah, my thread. We use newsletter for actual community building, letting people know what's yeah. happening, and, and cold email for acquisition. Yeah, I got it. I got it. So, um, so here's the thing, right? At, so you're using it directly to convert, right? Yeah. So at which point, like, how many follow-ups? At which point do you stop following up a particular customer, right? Because the, like this, the, this is the challenge. Yeah, do like I literally don't forget. I I don't I don't stop. So you until just don't say, I until somebody says like, dude, sorry, like I've been too busy. Uh, this is not a good fit right now. Or fuck off. Literally, yeah. the moment. I mean, of course, it depends. Like if I do, I'm, if I'm doing it for Sasquatch for my company, yeah, I might do it like that because I really don't care. I totally. I just yeah. I, I just believe so much in my product that I I really think that I'm doing a service if I am not selling. But hold on, because hold on, hold on, hold on. Because you have at some point, let's say you have like 5,000 emails, right? That you've built over the years and you have in your database, right? Yeah. So you send 5,000 like follow-ups, custom follow-ups. Are these custom or are these all automated now? Uh, we do have a, an automation to follow okay. up. Uh, but I mean, we do have different, how can I explain this? We have different um, journeys, right? 
So for example, ah, yeah, this yeah. is way too techy. This is way too techy, and I don't want yeah, okay, to okay. but for example, if somebody showed a lot of interest and they say, Yeah, man, I want to hop on a call, but they've never confirmed. Yeah. We have a certain type of automation. Ah, okay. So if they are like, hey man, uh, uh yeah, for example, uh, we use a specific strategy about sending leads for free. So what we do for those people is we might say, like, hey, um, once they say yeah, send me the list, I'm give them the proposal of hopping on a call, give them the lead list first. Yeah, and then they might be like, um, never reply. And so I might work, I might say something like, Hey, did, were you able to work the leads? By the way, this is the process that we use to work leads like those ones. So I send them a YouTube video that I have about the topic. Then I yeah. was, hey, were you able to watch the video? Then I follow up on LinkedIn. If I see that they have an Instagram, I go to Instagram. So they, it's different channels also. So that's airtight. It sounds airtight. Good. And maybe last question. What, what uh, software do you use for managing all of these automations? Um, I or mean, is that a secret? No, no. <laughs> we use, honestly, brother, it's Airtable. Honestly, or Airtable. Airtable? Yeah. Airtable does email automation? Yeah. I mean, we we, we have a, an automation Powerful. between Zapier, Gmail. Uh, sorry, we use ah, a Zapier okay, automation Zapier. between Gmail okay. and Airtable. And we have, ah, okay, okay. of course, like we, we have follow-up one, follow-up two, follow-up three, follow-up four. So when we okay. go and, and send, when, when we move one lead from follow-up three to follow-up four, a specific yeah. email is going to be sent, depending on the Perfect. year. So, but I mean, that's yeah. honestly something that we do only for us, for, for our company in-house. For clients, yeah. depending on the client, some of them might be like, hey, Enrique, like, you know what? Like, I want, for example, I don't, but I, it, these people, like my clients are honestly, typically like also my friends, so no problem revealing yeah. that. We have a client yeah. called Modern Launch that they are really aware. They, they are really, they are really cautious about brand awareness. So what we mm -hmm. do with people is literally, I mean, they, they asked us like, hey, Enrique, we're really conscious about brand awareness. I don't want to be super pitchy. I don't want to follow up. So a maximum three followers per lead that showed interest. After that, uh, let's just keep it as a lost deal. And that's it. So it depends right. for clients. It's different right. because, of course, I respect that. And we are literally yeah. an extension for our client sales teams. But for yeah. us, and like literally, I couldn't care less. I, I literally think that if I don't sell, it's your bad, not mine. Like, I mean, no, not your bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So, no, no, it's great. I mean, look, look, I think I think that sounds great. I think you've convinced me by, I don't know, like maybe 30% more to, to, to lean <laughs> towards this, this to, strategies now. To cold email, yeah, yeah. To cold email. Because, it, okay, it's not the cold email that I think everybody hates and has in mind. It's different. It's obviously a more sophisticated, better, frankly, approach to email marketing. Uh, email marketing doesn't have to be cold email or spamming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, exactly. and I think this is the, the, the thing that people hate the most. And, and the same thing happens also for DM outbound. Like, in, it's even better on DM outbound because you can send yeah. the, And this is the beauty, man. When you understand these principles, the same thing happens on cold calls. Like, if you yeah. call somebody and you literally go and, hey, man, I noticed that you were the founder of this thing. Uh, dude, like, I love, maybe you're on the website. Hey, man, I'm loving this thing about your website. And dude, by, by the way, I made a, again, I know what example I gave, but maybe... Uh, an entire guide on how to bootstrap uh, an MVP, for example. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want me to send it to your email? Yeah. Okay, man. What's your email? You take notes. You send it to the email. Maybe those emails that people agreed to give you, you can use to the newsletter. Even you can yeah. add to the newsletter. You get, and it's the same flow. It's also for DMs, for cold calls, for cold email, for for whatever, man. It's just understanding the value ladder and giving value first yeah. at scale. And you and because it's so valuable, you don't even need to personalize it aside from the actual names, right? So. Yeah, that does my two cents on the topic for sure. And do like this is honestly, I would love to get talking, but uh, I actually have. A yeah, no, that's that, good. That's good. Yeah, we. we I always, I, I always like to, I always like to end the calls asking the the, the guest of the show, um, 
what's your your favorite whether that is a book or show that you would like to share with the audience like literally anything and number mm -hmm. two one thing that you wish you had known when you started your business that mm -hmm. um i mean that you you just want to share with with the audience pretty much so favorite book 100 million dollar offers by alex hormozzi yeah. the guy's just great i mean it just changed my perspective on on business uh, direct response marketing on offering on sales um so just just go ahead and read it and do yourself a favor especially if you're in any capacity in in sales uh just just read the book and follow him everywhere i i do for example a big fan um and the other one is um what was the other one uh like a lesson or uh yeah like one thing that you wish you had known when you started your business that could save you time effort tears or whatever it might be that has been the most yeah life-changing if i can say it like that yeah uh kind of you know we again uh, starting bootstrap you're very cautious with your money um kind of if i think there's some decisions that we some failed projects that we had of course but i think we could have been more aggressive with investing more in ourselves investing more in company growth uh maybe having lower profit margin in the short term but really just building a, a, a stronger brand faster uh, I think, I think this, like as a founder, especially as a bootstrap founder, you're very cautious about, you know, putting the brakes a little bit on, on your spending. And I think, I think in the beginning we were too conservative. I think now finally we're at a place where we, we re really balance everything out. But I think if I had known this, when I started the, mo like the year one, I think we would have grown much faster. Awesome. Awesome. Daniel, thank you very much for your time. Um, it's been amazing. Um, thank you. Let's keep in touch. I really enjoyed this conversation. I think that is my favorite podcast so far. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, for much. sure, man. Like, it just was so natural. And I, it, we talked about things that I love a lot, a lot right? So, uh, yeah. yeah, brother, thank you a lot for that. Okay. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye.